0: All right, so guys, we're going to meet. um We'll meet early, and then we'll go to Adam's show all together. Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right, that sounds good. Together we will do it. And then, you, Doug, you were saying something about after the show? Yeah,
1: we we promised to keep the bundle open, you know, the discounted rate until Adam's show. Yeah. And guess what, people? His show is coming, it's going to be gone, and guess what's going to happen to the bundle? Why it's you got to bring up
0: all this? Always got to uh, be a
1: whoa, dick. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey. hey. There's a Spanner. lot of people... <laughs> We're gonna have to put you back on the leash. (laughs) (laughs) not the leash, (laughs) (laughs) the leather vest (laughs)
0: leash. (laughs) 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 Listen, people, people want the bundle, bro. They don't, and we, if we end it, then they're not. You know what I'm saying? No, they can still buy the bundle. I'm not. It'll just be more expensive. Exactly. (laughs) Hey. So my question to you is:
1: Do you want to make more money? Real nice. Real (laughs) nice. Or do you just want to keep you know giving it away?
0: I I like people getting in shape and getting fit. Uh, So what I do too. I don't have. I don't really have a mortgage. Yeah, You know what I mean? Well, what? So when do you want to end it, Doug?
1: I was thinking uh, next Friday, the 3rd of
0: July. Oh. You
1: know, look at it. He cock blocks your, your dreams right before the 4th. Yeah. You see what he did there? I know. You just hey, shit it's, on America. it's so un-American. You me. just shit on America. <laughs> it's called <laughs> Independence <Communist> Day. You communist bastard. All right,
0: listen, listeners. Uh, uh, I communist can't. spinner. I, I've tried as much as I possibly can. Doug, has, uh, he's put his foot down. So the promotion will end July 3rd. That's for all the programs, MAPS Anabolic uh, Program, the No BS Six Pack Formula, the Nutrition Survival Guide Revised, um, the Fasting Guide, and access to our forum where you can ask us questions. It's all going to be on sale until the 3rd, and then you that's it. You don't want
1: to miss out, man. So you don't want to
0: be that guy. Get on there and do it. Uh, you can't. You don't want to be fat anymore. Do you want to be fat hmm. still? How are you no. going to celebrate America and fireworks? Yeah. With, yeah. With a fucking keg <laughs> around stomach. your waist. MindPumpRadio.com. Click on the yellow button. Sale is ending soon. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place
2: to go Mind Pump. Mind pump. With your hosts, Sal
0: Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Welcome to Mind Pump. This is the show that's all over your business, like a bad s- case of crabs. Oh, and yeah.
1: herpes and gonorrhea.
0: <sighs> all up in your business. God. Uh, When's the last
1: time you've been checked,
0: Sal? Let's see. Uh, what year is it? Yeah,
1: like Never. Yeah.
0: So um, <laughs> Adam's got the home check kits. Oh, yeah. 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 He's got like five of them in his bag. Although
2: right I now. am excited to have a doctor here today, so I'm going yeah. to have him have double a check. A
0: doctor.
1: How discreet are those home Testing kit things, right? Because your neighbor's gonna check
2: it out. Well, that's probably something we should ask our, our guest, right? Yeah, maybe Who
1: we should. here with Sal. Who'd you yeah. bring? <laughs> well, we got.
0: We have a.
2: a it's a friend this is of your m- uncle. Is this your uncle? No, your no. This is not your uncle. It's a friend of mine. We <laughs> this can't, is, your, is your dad? No,
0: it's this a friend of mine. We can't give out his name because he's. Uh, so he's a doctor. He's a a real doctor, a surgeon. And uh, we're going to be asking him all kinds of fun questions, and uh, not
1: just like the white coat guy that's on the commercial at the end. No, like,
0: he's not like he doesn't play one on TV. All right. <laughs> no, he's I a, just
3: play one on the radio. On the
0: radio, <laughs> nice. So, yeah. but we can't. We yeah. So we're not going to use his real name or anything. So he could tell us all kinds of cool stuff. So oh. we'll just call him. Uh, we'll just call him the Doc. Doctor, feel good. The Doc. Yeah. he's going to make you feel all right. So, uh, so let's see here. Doc, you got you got any 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 new stories? So this guy tells me cool the coolest stories from like he works in, you know the OR the well, emergency. Let's re- nice re-
2: real quick before we get into all the good stuff and the stories. Like, uh, give us a little background, Doc. Hunt uh, exactly. Obviously, if you're a surgeon, you I'm sure there's different things that you specialize in. How long you've been doing it for? Kind of where you went to school? what's was well, a quick yeah, background.
3: Yeah, I'm a I'm a trauma surgeon part time, vascular surgeon part time, general surgeon part time. Trained back east. Then came out to San Diego for a vascular fellowship and then lived on Maui for 10 years, uh, just surfing and practicing medicine and then moved back here. And now I'm doing stuff over here. I do trauma and uh, a lot of wound related stuff. He's in
0: the shit.
2: Banged a lot of chicks right. when was out in Hawaii for sure, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, does, that, that,
0: does that work? That, it starts That's off to be the ultimate line. Like, right, I'm a do doctor. You have like a
1: business card or something that just says,
3: "Hey, I'm a doctor." <laughs> yeah, do me. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs>
0: does it? It's gotta work,
3: right? Uh, depends. Depends on the time. And oh, the come place. on. Be
0: honest. How much ass have you gotten because
3: you, because you're a doctor?
2: How much ass have you been when you've been sitting at a bar or just? A natural conversation, and just, and I'm sure you're a closer the way you, you, way you can talk until you're smooth already. You probably just let it kind of fumble out on accident,
3: (laughs) accidentally. Yes. Um, Well, I
2: just, I just finished fixing this guy's brain the other day. You know.
3: No. So (laughs) one of the best times is I also used to play rugby, and I was trying out for the U.S. rugby team in Chicago, and it was during the Magic Johnson, Larry Bird years, and I was watching this basketball tournament. Uh, at a bar and I was totally riveted and it went into overtime games over and I look up and this bar that was empty was now filled with all these women and it was a graduating class of nurses oh, yes. and it was I just looked up <laughs> at the Beautiful. ceiling and said thank you guys sure. <laughs> <laughs> never made it to the rugby triad Adam. yeah because oh. I mean because
0: Adam's gotten laid at least a hundred times telling people he's a doctor and he's not even a real I doctor. actually have a real story for that so I knew it and
1: uh, a professional athlete
2: so what other, a rock star have you used that one yet I, I have I have have used the doctor. I'll sit, tell you guys a little story. This is pretty good. So do you guys remember? I was. So have you guys, do you guys remember when uh, OnStar first came out? Yeah. So it was right around the same time that I had just bought my uh, my Chevy that was all lifted. So I had a, I had a, a cool little lifted truck. Justin remembers this truck. Yeah. Um, and we it was had, all we
1: had good times together. Right. It
2: was all tri- <laughs> it was all tricked out. It was a cool trick. Well, I also had the OnStar package where um you if you if you're not familiar with OnStar you can do this premium package where it's almost like having a little secretary because an actual person comes live. I hit my OnStar OnStar button. I could be cruising anywhere, you know, and I could ask for hotel reservations. They can order me concert tickets. They can book me. Uh, uh, Anything, anything you can really think of, they can do that. It's like having a little personal secretary. So when I bought the truck, my buddy told me all this. He says, oh, you got to definitely set up the OnStar. You'll like it. So I set it up. and He says, oh, by the way, when you set it up, you can have them address you however you want. And I go, oh, really? So I get on there, right? The very first day and she goes, oh, hey, how are you doing, Mr. Schaefer? I said, hey, um, is it possible that I could have you guys address me as Dr. Schaefer, please? And she goes, oh, absolutely. Sorry, doctor. I had no idea. I said, no, no, it's okay. No Happens all the time. I said, just go. So she's like, so going forward, anytime that I press the OnStar button, you had a it would girl say, in the car. oh, bro, anytime oh. I press the OnStar button, they, they, it doesn't matter who answers. They, they answer the same exact way every time they say, hello, Dr. Schaefer. What can we do for you today? Okay. And so I would, I would totally, you know, be with the girl and her dad and say, Hey, what do you want to go get something to eat. We're going go somewhere. She's like, yeah, yeah, well, let's, let's find some good places. I hit on star and it comes on it comes out. And then right away, the girl looks over at me like, what? Uh, (laughs) I know I got laid hell of times for it. I wasn't really a doctor. So I know this dude's getting laid all the time for (laughs) it. That's awesome. Dude, how often
1: did your friends mess with that person when they're drunk and you're Uh, shuttling them around?
2: Well, I wouldn't let my dumbass friends do that too much because I had had a couple times where they got on there and I'm like, man, these guys are going to ruin this shit for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to blow blow me up. Although I did have one time. So I get this girl on there. I'm heading up to a, a snowboarding retreat. And uh, I need a place to stay. I've decided I'm not going to make it all the way up. I'm going to crash last minute. So I hit her up and I'm, I'm at and I could literally tell her, OK, I'm looking for a price range between 100 and 150 dollars a night hotel room, you know, four star or whatever. Right. And so I tell her that and we get on talking and we're like she's like searching you can hear her searching and she's we're like killing time talking and she's like so um what kind of doctor are you yeah and i she heard the right? so i go i go uh so, no this is the, the gynecologist oh, oh, oh. yes so yes. That, that, so she actually uh and so and me being a smart ass this is when i first started saying i was a gynecologist so i go oh i'm a gynecologist and she goes oh my god that's so great i've got this burning sensation <laughs> and i was like oh shit <laughs> i do not to that real and then she goes i'm just kidding doctor i know you get that oh, all the time I'm like Oh shit! That could have been really bad. I do not. So I was real careful about what I said going forward about what kind of doctor I was. It's like because you know I didn't really think about that. I'm like you know what? I probably don't get to hear a lot of good good vagina stories. I get to hear all the bad vagina stories. So I backpedal on that one real uh. quick.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of that doctor, I mean if we can get into some maybe stories of like
0: yeah, what if, what if people come yeah, in yeah like what if they come up in their ass with? yeah
3: like the the worst things oh, you've seen the up the ass stories. That's what you're those are always for, fun. I mean? <laughs> Okay, so probably the first one I ever had was uh, when I was at University of Vermont, and a guy came in with four flashlight batteries up his butt <laughs> yeah. and, and so the obvious question is okay how did this happen and it, it's it's almost like Seinfeld where they joke around and say it's a million to one shot this guy tried to tell us that he was he had gotten out of the shower and the light in the kitchen went off and so he climbed up on the kitchen table and was changing the light bulb and fell and landed on all four flashlight batteries and that's how I got him up his <laughs> Guys, <as What? honest. laughs> God's honest truth.
1: What? That's how he really like describe now, the
3: story of the events you, that happened do you call bullshit wow. or do you just
0: do your job and you oh no.
3: no you gotta call bullshit it's oh. like really you, <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: bro but, could you I feel bad for if that actually happened though if he actually fell and he's like no one's gonna fucking believe me Yeah, I just there's, fell on
3: all four batteries that are all on my ass yeah they're no all one's stacked up on end and yeah. <laughs> he fell yeah. and yeah, was was say,
0: perfect <laughs> shot maybe one there's, <laughs> there's maybe, a could pull your. maybe you uh, could bullshit your way like one
2: somehow accidentally but four
3: okay Annie
2: Oakley are you kidding me
0: <laughs> yeah. that's why he was so energized I'm so
3: charged right now So, but the best one has to be the best one the winner that takes them all well there are two One, one guy who came in 36 hours apart from two separate incidents so he came in, had a dildo stuck up his butt, and then went home, and 36 hours later was back in the ER with another one. Oh, it's like, man. come on. Just didn't learn
1: your lesson. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but the best of all is the guy who came in, and he had a dildo up his butt, and then thought that it would be a good idea to fish it out with a coat hanger. Oh, oh, oh shit! No. And took a coat hanger and put it up there and perforated his colon. Oh. And I've got, I've got the picture of the coat hanger sticking out. And, and I... I it was, and and these things don't happen at nine o'clock at night. They happen at two in the morning. And it's kind <laughs> of oh, like yeah. you go in there, you're tired and you're pissed off. And it's like, at what point in time did it seem like a good idea to you to stick a coat hanger up your butt? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. How did you How did you not go to the hospital after the after they just got Dude, stuck up there? Like, I can do this. I can this. figure this yeah. out. Yeah. Your body can do okay,
1: it. Okay, MacGyver.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> just going to fish for it for a little bit. That's right.
2: God, that's
0: crazy.
3: I've that. heard stories yeah. of,
0: of people getting things stuck in their dick. Oh, dear God. I've heard about that before. And, uh, uh, I've actually read about that kind Why? of stuff.
3: Okay, I got one of those for See? you. See?
1: Oh. Well, okay. no, this isn't game.
3: something stuck up, but literally got a guy with a gunshot wound that went into the, his back. Oh, I remember this. And we were looking for the bullet. You know, and looking for an exit wound and could not find it at all. And then did the x-ray and literally you pulled back the foreskin on his penis and the bullet came out of the urethra. You talk about being painful. Oh my God.
0: That's a one in a
3: million shot. Talk about good
0: aim. Yeah. (laughs) It went in his back and out his dick. It's almost like bragging
3: rights forever. No shit. What oh, if
0: they okay. never found it? Yeah. He's having sex and he's like he goes to orgasm. It's like boom, kills his girlfriend. Could oh, have shaken out
3: an eye. He's straight up loaded
1: weapon.
2: Now, obviously, all these—I'm sure you guys, all you guys, probably crack up about this after these guys leave. Do you have a favorite uh, surgery that you perform that you do?
3: You know. uh, let's see. Probably, I would say that my favorite surgery is fixing aneurysms. So that's, you know, somebody gets an enlargement of the abdominal aorta. And the reason I, I think that's my favorite is because you, you're sort of working against the clock. You know, you put a cross clamp, you cut off the blood flow to the lower half of the body and you got to sew pretty quickly. And so that's kind of an adrenaline rush. So, oh, wow.
0: mm-hmm. so I mean, this is the guy that people call that other surgeons call when they're in the shit like they're in there. They're trying to do something. Oh, fuck. I just, yeah, you know, I just cut something. He's bleeding out. Got to call this doctor up and get him in here. Yeah,
1: you're like the super surgeon that comes in well, and takes over. huh? Yeah, I
3: don't know about that, but I, <laughs> I've gotten out of my fair share of trouble, so I oh, help other people too. I love oh, it. Awesome. Yeah, no, this okay. But here's the best, lo- the most recent story is the best one. Okay. So I'm on a trauma shift, and you know when you're doing trauma, part of it. It's the same thing as doing sports or something. You're an adrenaline junkie if you're doing this stuff. And, you know, you always are constantly worried about not fucking up. I mean, that's one of the things that drives you. And so you get these ring downs in advance and you got to figure out what's coming in. And then you sort of play through your mind the obvious scenarios and what you're going to do based on what comes in. So I'm sitting there. And again, none of this stuff happens that's interesting between the hours of like 9 in the morning and nine at night. It's always late at night. And we get a call that they're bringing in a guy who's been bobbited and they found him. Somebody
0: cut his cut his dick off. Cut his oh. dick off.
3: They found found him on the side of the That's road. A term, and just it
0: did okay. Y-
1: y- <laughs>
3: <laughs> and there's blood all over oh, the Lorena. place. Damn and, you! And so yeah, so you know, and I'm sitting there trying to. I'm sort of pacing back and forth. You get 15 minutes till the guys coming in, and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do based on how bad it is and all this stuff. And I've never seen one of these things before. I'm not a urologist. Don't ever want to be one. And I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do with this thing. And and they wheel this guy in and guys covered in blood oh, and yeah. um, pull his pants down and I'm looking and the ER nurses are looking and he, he hasn't been it, He's just got a really small dick and they, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't cut off. <laughs> no way. Are you serious? <laughs> I swear maybe, to God. Maybe he was hoping, like, by saying that, that
1: you guys maybe would have, like, transplanted right, one on yeah, there. Maybe he get an oh, upgrade. Hell yeah. Maybe yeah. if I tell him to cut my dick off,
2: maybe I'll get a free upgrade. Yeah. I yeah. swear maybe, to God. Maybe there was, somebody lost one. There was six more inches on here. I swear yeah, to God. Just shooting for a
3: free erector set. So he's like, beep, beep, beep. So talk about adding insult to injury. He wasn't even. <laughs> so, so do do, do, wow. do
0: do nurses actually talk? Like, if you you ever get someone who goes in for surgery, right? You put they put them out, and they've got like a massive. Dick, do they talk about that? Do the nurses talk about Like, hey, They, go have, look to. At- they have to. Right? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah.
3: When I was in Hawaii, you'd get these Japanese guys and they'd have like these little metal, almost like shotgun balls implanted <laughs> under the foreskin. I swear to God. Oh. oh, yeah. And you'd look at it and, and tattoos and stuff. But I mean, these things were there. I don't even they were like shotgun pellets that were pretty good size that were in underneath the skin
0: ribbed for her pleasure absolutely Was, uh, oh okay what?
3: that's dedication yeah
0: wow jesus
1: christ did that's it vibrate too i mean <laughs> shit <laughs> you go that far that's crazy get it to rotate that's insane yeah
0: so so what you're you know i know you pretty well and i know that a lot of times you'll, you'll go days without sleeping um you know three three days and then you know um what's the longest you've ever gone
3: Uh, I think the longest I ever went was uh, in four days. I had about three hours of sleep. It was a perfect storm. I was, it was one year right around Christmas and I was doing trauma. And then the next day I was on vascular and I got called in that night and I was there all night long. Then I was doing trauma the next day and I passed out for about four hours and then was up all night long. And then another case came in. So in about four days, I got four hours of sleep.
1: Wow, what keeps you going? I mean, do you have, like, coffee standby? Is it just adrenaline? Like, what's...
3: Uh, It used to be chewing tobacco a long time ago, but I gave that stuff up. Uh, But just coffee doesn't do too much anymore. Just, just oh, keep going.
0: Dude, I've given this guy, like, crazy, super strong pre-workout samples that I know <laughs> that have, like, two servings in them. Yeah. And I'll give it to him, and, and I, he's, he's, like, immune. He'll drink the whole thing Sweet. and then go take a nap.
2: That's well, I bet, not really, I bet with yeah. all that. So I, I know that uh, in in art industry, in the fitness industry, I believe I, I can't remember where I read this, but they ranked us number two, and number one was hospitals for infidelity. And like everybody, everybody fucks everybody. Is that true? Is that like,
3: <laughs> it? it I, I think it used to be a lot more prevalent when I was doing my residency. The call rooms were. There's a lot going on in the call rooms. Uh, maybe it's because of my age now, but I don't see too much of it going on anymore. And it's a lot different population in the hospitals than it used to be. I mean, when I was doing my general surgery residency at University of Vermont, that was a twisted place at night. It was pretty funny, but uh, things have calmed down quite a bit now. Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think because uh, they don't they don't train them like they, they like they used no, to, right? No. I mean, you right guys now, had to go through their shit. Oh, become. yeah.
3: So when I interviewed for residencies, I went down to Baylor and uh, I went down there for an interview and they're taking me around. And they go, here's the ICU. And he said, you spend three months here in your third year. And I go, oh, that's OK. What's the call like? He goes, no, you don't understand. You spend three months here during your third year. You're allowed to like go out and visit your family during patient visiting hours. We put you in the ICU and you're there for three months straight because we don't want you to miss anything. And when I was there, I, when I did my residency, I, there was a period of three months where I did uh, 36 on, 12 off for three months. These days, they don't let them work more than an 80 hour work week. I mean, they have no idea what it's like. So, yeah, it's a completely different environment now. It's, it than seems what it used
0: to me, to and I know what the rationale is, right? They say, oh, we don't want to overwork them, but it seems to me like in order to work, you know, to be on call, to work, you know, the emergency room, to do the kind of stuff that you do as a surgeon, you got to you gotta kind of weed out the, I hate to say it, but you got to weed out the pussies and make sure that people can, it's, it feels like that to me, right? Like if mm. I'm going in three o'clock in the morning with an emergency, oh, yeah. I want the dude or the woman who's been through it, I don't want the person who did their 80-hour-a-week thing. You know, well, It seems it, that way.
3: It's not only that, but you only have so much time in training to see as much as you can see. And so the idea at that, that, that point was we want you to spend as much time as you can to see as much as you can to, to get that experience. These guys that come out now, um, they're, n- they're not used to working hard, and they're not used to working late hours and long hours. And um, they haven't had the same operative experience as the old guys have. I mean, basically, the great old surgeons were all trained during combat time, you know. The, oh, yeah, the guys in the Army, they're they are still really good in Army, Navy. The, the Marine, um, the military surgeons are still pretty damn good because they get a lot of experience in in adverse conditions.
1: Yeah, I see some crazy oh, shit. Oh, yeah,
3: they do. And some of the inner city guys around, you know, see the same sort of military stuff. But with the residents, you know, they they see some of it, but not nearly as much as the— older docs used to see Hmm.
0: what now back 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 when you were training um, you know uh, it it seems like back then surgeons had a little more flexibility to do what they needed to do to get certain things done Um, I mean is that true you know because I've heard some stories you know from you and from other people uh, you know where, where it was you know these guys were like kings man they had to go in there and make shit happen and there wasn't a whole lot of
3: oh yeah there wasn't know. the politically cor- political correctness there is these days those guys that's the days when the dinosaurs you know moved the earth you know I knew one of the guys who sewed the first aortic graft into a human being and the way he did it there was no IRB or FDA or anything he went up to the guy and said here's the situation I got this thing I want to try are you willing to do it I said, sure, go for it and did it. And that's how things got done. Crazy. That's gnarly. So,
2: uh, you know, since since you're anonymous here, I I think uh, hopefully you can be as candid as possible here. What is your take on uh, Obamacare? How do you feel?
3: It sucks. Oh, let me put it. It it sucks hard. (laughs) Yeah. So basically what they've done is... (laughs) such a
2: big fat dick. yeah, Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, basically what they've done is offered a bunch of medical plans to people and I don't know how they're going to pay for it. I mean, I really don't. Right now, three-quarters of those people use the emergency room as their primary care doctor. If they want aspirin and they're, they're sick, they go to the ER and get aspirin because they know they're not going to have to pay for it. And now you've taken all these other people and loaded the system down. And uh, the the people who do primary care – they can't afford to stay in business seeing people at the rate that they're willing to reimburse them. Um, so more, the whole thing is just a scam and it's not going to, I don't think it's going to survive for a long period of time. Right. Um, but I mean, when I go in now, when I go into the ER and I look at what somebody's insurance is, there's all these plans that are sort of have these couch names. You don't know whether you're getting paid to do something or not getting paid to do something. You just sort of take care of them and see how it shakes out. But, um, you know, it, it's it's overloading a system that's already worn down.
2: So even the do- – okay,
3: so I've obviously heard from our side,
2: you know, I've got a lot of friends and people that have dealt with it and have already seen how they've been fucked. So even the doctors
3: are, are getting – Oh, we get hosed more than anybody. Oh, Trust shit. me. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, there's many times when they'll go in and do – a one hour procedure plus the you know the, the appointment beforehand, which is an hour, then the follow-up afterwards, and they'll make less than the nurse did during the surgery. Oh yeah,
3: there's no question about it. I mean, there are times, never mind that. Just think about this when if I operate on somebody, that's my patient until their operative condition is over. So if somebody comes in with a ruptured aneurysm, ruptured aneurysms 50% of people will die before they make it to the hospital of those that make it to the hospital 50% die on the table so when they somebody who makes it through is going to be sicker than shit and going to be on a ventilator forever i've got to take care of that person day in and day out field phone calls 24/7 i i i probably won't get paid 5 cents on the dollar
0: oh wow yeah yeah That's- i
3: mean that stuff happens all the time
0: Mm. Yeah, and then you and then you've got the ridiculous costs of certain things. I mean, he was telling me a story. Well, the guy that was getting transferred to like the faraway hospital, and they went and got a helicopter for him. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you wouldn't mind telling? a, a Yeah, about I can't that.
3: tell you the specifics of sure. that, that, but basically, one of the big hospital chains in California that want you to thrive, um, <laughs> patient pa- patients came in. Vague, yeah, yeah. Patient came in and he was pretty messed up. Car accident, broken ribs grade two liver injury, not very stable, and they insisted on sending the patient uh, to, quote unquote, their supporting hospital, which happened to be 110 miles away in Vacaville. When the patient lives in Santa Cruz, his family was going to have to go back and forth to Vacaville, and they wanted to send him by ambulance. And the family just went nuts for very good reason. And they told the family that if they didn't transfer the patient, that they were going to have to foot the bill that uh, this certain hospital chain wouldn't pay for it. And finally, at the insistence of the family, they flew the guy by helicopter, which is about a $35,000 transport.
0: Whoa. And the reason why they couldn't move him was because he was it stable, right?
3: He wasn't particularly stable. Yeah. No. yeah. Wow.
0: That, yeah,
2: that's Holy pretty, that's some, shit. That's some crazy. Now, do, now, does this cause you uh, to think about ever to leaving or retiring early? Or Well,
3: it's caused a lot of people to retire early. I mean, uh, obviously people have you know families they got to feed and kids they got to support and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the same thing that it used to be, and it's going to continue to change and get worse. I mean, eventually what's going to happen is most of the doctors are going to become employees of the hospital, and the hospital will be able to... Manipulate them and do whatever they want to to make sure that they're making the most amount of money. So that's kind of what's starting to go on now.
2: It's so silly to me because it's like the whole point of somebody like you who who buses ass all those years through school is to, to not have that shit. That's what everybody else has to deal with. When yeah. you make 50 to 60 grand a year, that's the bullshit they all gotta <laughs> deal with. The whole reason why I go to school for eight to 12 years is to make sure I don't got to deal with that
3: shit. Uh, and you're still getting more it. hurdles. You got to jump over in this job than any other in terms of paperwork and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, um, it's not what it used to be. So
2: I have another personal question <clears throat> for you. <clears throat> um, how, how do you spend your money? What's your when you when you work? How do you, are you a vacation guy? Are you a toy guy? Are you a save till
3: save for the rest of your life guy? What do you like? I'm uh, got divorced and lost sixty percent of what I had. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Shit. California! Oh yeah, thank you very much. Uh, fucking California! No, I I think I live pretty simply. I mean, I I do things like I do ski patrol up in the mountains. So I actually bought a house up there that um. Uh, I thought was a pretty good investment in trying to fix that up as a vacation rental when I'm not using it. But if I'm not working, I I got a bunch of dogs that I play with and go running with and um, a wife that I like to spend time with and that kind of stuff. And we go up to uh, the mountains and spend time up there. But I'm not a big toy guy. I I have my share, but not big ones. Well,
0: I can vouch for that because I've known this guy for about six years and for about five of them, he drove around a, it was like a ninety. What was it? Two thousand
3: and one Nissan Pathfinder with
0: like a hundred and something thousand miles. I still have it. Yeah, And that's yes. what he drives.
3: <laughs> well, yeah. no, I drive a Jeep now. Now but you I, drive a Jeep. I, yeah. yeah, I had the Pathfinder. I still have it. That's so I, my mountain car. So
1: I can totally vouch for it. I had a question about um, like you. You've watched all these sort of medical shows on TV and everything. I know my wife is a nurse and she. She always has something to say about like the procedure they're doing, or you know, they're, they're getting it all wrong. Like, what, what would be like the most irritating thing that you've
3: seen? Like, I, I don't watch any of them. Okay.
1: You I, you I just really refuse don't. to watch Although it. Although,
3: I got to tell you, I did, we were watching TV the other night, and it was uh, I, uh, there's some show, you know, you go direct TV and you can see the channel guide. Okay. So, here's what the name of the show was Sex in the ER clowns <laughs> I swear to God like, I gotta check this shit uh, you know, out no question we both stopped they go she's in the ER clowns I'm all over this and we watched it and it was a bunch of different shit that was going in the ER and one of them were these two husband and wife clowns and they had such vigorous oral sex that she developed pulmonary edema with a pulmonary embolus oh, and wow. that they couldn't figure out why she was having chest pain I mean, again you can't make this shit shit up <laughs> was there a lot of horns in that <laughs> no but God. they kept blowing up balloons and giving them to the doctor i couldn't believe it <laughs> oh that's
0: great balloon porn that's ridiculous what the fuck you ever uh you ever see you ever have any patients that you know because we're in the fitness industry you ever see people coming in with um you know problems due to anabolic steroids or abuse of those types of things is that even common or
3: uh, used to see it more. What you'd see is somebody who is young who would need a total hip or something like that from okay. aseptic necrosis of the hip from doing injections and steroids and stuff oh, like that. Oh, you guys so, know what that is? Yeah, there's but, this one artery that goes to the, you know, the ball of the hip septic. joint. And if uh, you can develop a thrombosis of that vessel and then you just, the ball of the hip joint basically dies. That's what happened to Bo Jackson. And that's pretty much what killed his career. Hmm. But oh, really? I, I don't think that was from steroids, but it was just from a hip fracture. And that's a common thing that can happen with the hip fracture, too.
0: That's pretty wild. Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. So uh, for fun, you like to what do you like to do for fun?
3: Uh, ski, ski, surf, surf, yeah. that kind of stuff. Snow uh, or hike?
0: water, snow or water.
3: Snow. Snow. Wow. I used to water ski. I, You know, it's I, I get out there every once in a while. I have a friend who's got a boat at the Delta and will go maybe once a summer, but not much anymore. I have a lot of problems with my shoulders from my rugby days. And so water skiing at times can be problematic. i got to get my shoulders fixed. But that's What position coming. were you in uh, rugby? Inside center. Okay. Did I, you play an eight-man? I, I, I stayed away from the scrub. Yeah, yeah, I played seven-man rugby. You played seven-man? Yeah, yeah. 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 a lot during the summertime. Yeah, I played for a team in New York City.
0: Oh, nice. That's a rough... uh,
3: Yeah, I played a bit. It was fun. Did you ever get into a scrum where it
1: turned into a full-out brawl? Uh, No.
3: No. (laughs) I I stayed out of the scrum. That was for the Uh, crazy guys. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. I played in... Sun Valley one summer when I was out there and there was a whole ski town league and we used to go to Salt Lake City and uh, there was this pitch rugby pitch at Salt Lake City where there's like five fields all around and nobody would play the Tongans and there was a whole Tongan league. Oh shit. Yeah. And the <laughs> way these guys would play here's how the game would go. They'd kick the ball off a guy would catch the ball and run until he got tackled a fight would break out and they'd have a penalty. A penalty's a kick so the penalty would go they'd have a penalty kick he'd kick the ball, the guy would catch it and run till he got tackled and another fight would break fight, out. Yeah. And that's all they ever did the entire game. And I mean, nobody wanted to play these guys. And so we're sitting on this hillside watching this and there's this guy who's kind of wimpy who's sitting at the sort of three... Tears up on the hill, and these big Tongan women sit right in front of him, so he can't see. And he asked them to move, and they turned around and kicked the living shit out of this guy. <laughs> I swear to God. And we're just watching. this like oh, I'm not doing anything. With them. Like, no way, you're on your I'm own, pal. With that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The
1: first game I played, our biggest guy in the team broke his femur. That's it. The, was like what? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was like that set the stage for the entire season oh. for
2: me. I was like, wow, this is real. Do you uh, do you hang out with a lot of other doctors and nurses? Do you find yourself because you guys work so much together? Do you build um, a lot of relationships? With, or are you kind of like Mister? I leave,
3: I disconnect completely. Uh, I would say more so that um, there's a couple people who I'm friendly with, but I don't socialize with them too much. Out of the hospital, I sort of just do my own thing. Um, there's a couple people that I used to hang out with. One of my friends is a actually is a retired brain surgeon, and if you p- if you put a hundred people up against the wall and said, "Pick the brain surgeon. This guy would be picked ninety-eight or ninety-nine. I mean, you'd never know he was a brain surgeon. He was a great surgeon too. Uh, he had some problems with a cervical disc, and they went to inject him with steroids to decrease the inflammation. And he lost the use of his hand and had to retire.
2: Oh wow. shit! Yeah. Man.
3: So now he's living the good life. He's out sailing in the bay and." Doing stuff like that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I asked that because you don't strike me as a normal doctor. Uh, so I was wondering if you did hang out with other ones and it, it sounds like it would take a unique gun for you to hang out with.
3: Yeah, pretty much.
2: Is, it, if, is, it, is there a reason for that? Do you find that it's because they're so different and you're not, you're, you are different yourself as a doctor. I mean,
3: no, I, I, I just sort of do my own thing. I think, if, yeah. I mean, there's some people who I had common interests with and those people I don't mind hanging out with, but that's pretty much it, I think.
0: Um, you've worked on people coming in like gang members with gunshot wounds and shit like that, and and cops, and yep. How does that? I mean, does that ever get kind of hairy in the in there when they're coming in, or is it just is it just like a normal patient coming in, or, or are they like you know it, you got you got to hold this guy down, he can't leave, or
3: it, well, there's ways to hold them down. <laughs> so, um, no, um, when the gang guy comes in, it's not any real different than anything else. If a policeman comes in, that's a whole different mm. set of Priorities. I mean, those guys. You do anything and everything you can do to take care of them, mm-hmm. and they're they're good people. And you know, a lot of times they're out in harm's way. Now, San Jose can be hair, hairball, but it's not like Newark, New Jersey, which is where I trained. I mean, that place is crazy. But um, the gang guys, you know, for the most part, you just take care of them. A lot of them are whiners. They really, really? are. Really? Oh, yeah. And, you know, you, you talk to them and say, listen, you can either cooperate or if you don't cooperate, you're going to be smoking the white owl. And you paralyze them and put an endotracheal tube down them to control the situation.
2: <laughs> <laughs> smoking the white owl. That's yeah.
3: it. You got one shot. That's allowed. That's it. You, you know, you either cooperate so we can take care of you the best way we know how, or if you're going to give us a hard time, that's what we're going to do for your own safety.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so you don't, you don't want to fuck with Dr. Mind Pump. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. So get, especially, the, the later pump.
3: the later it gets, the shorter the leash goes. <laughs> yeah. Three in the morning, you say boo, you're...
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's it. White Owl, here it comes. Yeah. Well,
3: he smoking the White Owl. So, I, I mean, we talked a
2: lot about uh, a lot of the random stuff, but what about, like, I'm sure you've got to have... Um, you Know somebody who you saved that's what's the first story that comes to mind when you think of somebody that you've like saved their life or that the you know that uh, you know or a
3: spouse or someone. What's the first one? Oh, uh, well, one of the well, so I did my residency and then I did a vascular fellowship. Then I went to Hawaii and it's my first job. Didn't know anybody on the island, went there just for the adventure of it kind of thing. And about the third week I was there. Uh, they called me because they're so in Hawaii, they have Korean bars. You know what Korean bars are? They're like hostess bars. They're almost like the Vietnamese coffee shops. Gotcha. You go in and apparently they like rub your leg and make you buy them drinks and stuff like that. And I don't even think too much happens. Well, there was a guy who was in the ER. They called me because his girlfriend, he was married, but his girlfriend from the Korean bar planted a sashimi knife in his back. And I go in, literally go into the ER and look at this guy and he's lying there and there's a knife handle that's like six inches sticking out of his back dead center, just to the left of the spleen. Oh, I mean, to the spine, sorry. And so I, I go up and talk to him and I said, how are you doing? He said, pretty good. And I said, what's going on? He goes, can you get this knife out of my back? And it's like, uh, I don't think we really want to do that right now. And so we moved him to the operating room, put him, cause you don't want to take the knife out. Cause whatever it's in, it's plugging. And if you pull it out, things can get interesting pretty quickly. So we put him between two OR tables with the knife hanging down, make a big incision and it missed his aorta by about an eighth of an inch and went right through the splenic artery. And so we pulled the knife out. Once we had control of all the blood vessels, nurse went under the table, pulled the knife out and fixed him. Wow. So that was one. Wow.
2: <clears throat> <laughs> That's probably
3: one of the ones that comes to mind. That's crazy. That's when you were only what, three weeks in, you said? Uh, it was like three weeks into when I was first out in practice on my own. Oh my God. Yeah.
2: Hello. Here you
3: are. Actually, the first night I got called in first night I was in Hawaii, I got called in for a ruptured aneurysm and I was shitting bricks. I mean, I was pacing. I was smoking cigarettes. I was just beside myself. It's like, here I am. This is going to be my first operation. I'm going to box this guy. And I called up my professor and I was just I was tripping and he said don't worry you're going to do fine and it turned out it wasn't even really ruptured it it just leaked a little bit so it's not the same sort of thing and I operated on the guy and the guy did fine but that one was the biggest sphincter check I had I mean I was, <laughs> yeah that was unbelievable I will never forget that night
0: That's well crazy. it's got to be that it's got to be such a hard job because you do it long enough you're going to see people die you're going to see people make it and it's it's almost I mean how do you you know, I've never asked you this, but how do you process that? You know, uh, how do you separate yourself from that? Because, you know, you, then you go home afterwards, you know, and you just saw some kid, you know, die from some accident or whatever.
3: Yeah, there's been some bad ones. That's that's a hard thing. It doesn't, luckily, it doesn't happen very often, but when it happens, So the guy who I trained with in San Diego, he was one of these guys who could just say, oh, well, and he could distance himself from that and that he had done everything he tried or could do and then life took its turns you know and when somebody got messed up he seemed at least to me to be okay with that i'm not that way at all i mean i go home and it eats at me it just does for a long time i mean i've seen um there are a couple of them that really got to me um and you just it takes a while to get over them i mean it's pretty wild to see somebody who at one minute is alive, and the next minute the life is out of them, and watch that change, and it's a freaky thing. I mean, I'm not good with death. I'll tell you that. I'm scared shitless of death. That's and so, crazy
2: in the profession that you're doing. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah, not
3: good at it at all. And so it, it, it weirds me out. It does. It's Are you
0: responsible for telling the
3: family when someone dies yeah. like that? Yeah, and it <sighs> sucks. <sighs> it sucks. Oh, yeah.
2: If you, if you had to put a percentage on um, how many make it, how many get saved, well, what would you say? Is? It
3: seems like I have maybe – it varies. I mean, I don't do as much trauma as a lot of the guys do where they see it more often. But, I, you know, I do one or two trauma shifts a month. But just in general with me, it seems to happen about once a year, I would say. And that's enough. I wouldn't want to do it too much more than that. But there is like a guy – Who um, I'm not going to remember the exact specifics of it, but what I remember was it was some accident while he was at work, and he was going to be celebrating his 30th birthday in two days. They had this big party planned for him. And um, it was more of a crush injury than anything else, but he was messed up, and he died in the emergency room. And I had to go tell the family who had been planning to getting ready to have this big birthday celebration for his 30th birthday that he was dead. I mean, that is like the worst thing in the world. Oh
0: yeah, it's. I I always wonder if it changes your perspective on things being so close to you know because I think we all take it for granted we walk around our daily lives and it's like you know we take everything for granted. It's nobody. Big... But you see how fragile you yeah, know life is all to the time. That. It's gotta. I mean, it's gotta change your perspective a little bit. Well,
3: it makes you realize that time is short, and you gotta enjoy every day that you can, and just see the big picture. I think, and you know, so many people that I know are just like they're the the gerbil on the treadmill, just you know, trying to make enough money to buy another car or do something like that, and it, they're not, you know, they work, 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 and don't take the time off to enjoy stuff. And the next thing you know, is you're. 75 years old and you're in a wheelchair or something like that and time's flown so you know I think the Italians have the right attitude right. where you go for the month of August and just take it off and enjoy life you yeah know? they do you gotta smell the roses
0: now, right. as, as a vascular surgeon you obviously work um, a lot you know on your regular patients a lot of issues with the obviously the vascular system what's the number one thing they all have in common that you think is uh, causing them to come to see you you know is it diet is it smoking is it
3: I think it's a combination – I think – I don't think smoking so much anymore. You see guys – the older guys who have smoked for years, but most of it is people who are adult-onset diabetics from not taking care of themselves and being overweight and that kind of stuff and just not enough exercise and all that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, you know, I think that – it may be that the number one surgery in the United States right now is bariatric surgery for morbid obesity. And you know, it's, it's, if it's not number one, it's up there. I think gallbladder may be number one, but I mean, there are guys making hand over fist doing this stuff. Like you can't believe. And it's like, you know what, Stop eating and go out for a run and go work out and because you know, they get some improvement with that surgery, but I think long term they tend to put weight back on. Or they and, stretch
0: it right back out. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So I knew someone like that, got got the surgery, lost yeah. hundred and ten pounds, and years later I ran into her and had gained back like ninety. Oh, I've seen with I've that little tiny thumb stomach that's left seen, over. I was One and say they I've always seen, find ways, I've like creative ways, to get
1: calories. I swear, yeah, it's yeah. Like this, yeah.
2: Well, it's because I mean, what they
3: do, they they staple it down to like. Well, they used to do the vertical banded gastroplasty, which is where they would like staple off part of the stomach and then take a mesh thing and put it around there, so they create a small stomach. That never I mean, that didn't work over time. the band would blow out and the thing would stretch up. Then they did the lap band, which was a portable thing, mm. and I don't think that thing works very well either. Now they're doing gastric bypass where they're basically creating a dumping syndrome where you put a bunch of calories in and it causes people to get all flushed and, and to have diarrhea or something like that. I mean i I don't know a whole lot about the surgery. I've never had any desire to do any of that stuff when the vertical banded gastroplasty first came out i was a fourth year resident and we had a patient i'll never forget her who owned a bakery who was a morbidly obese lady and they did a gastro uh, vertical banded gastroplasty on her and she ended up getting a hole in the back wall of her stomach pancreatitis and was in the hospital for over a year and it was like i have no desire to do this stuff i'm never going to do it but there's guys who are making a pretty good living out of doing it and just
1: it's like the temptation the, for the money reasons. For, oh, you know, of course, for,
3: but it's also like every nobody wants to take responsibility for themselves these days. They want a quick right. fix for everything rather than maybe having the hard aspect of going out and going for a run and take and dieting or something like right. that, you know, this way they so have a quick fix.
1: Yeah, you're one of the few that will still promotes that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy exactly. though Yeah seriously though I I have not met A lot of doctors That will oh, come no. out And say that And then promote
0: that Oh no this guy's about This guy's zero filters That's why I wanted That's him great. On the show But <laughs> yeah. I, you know I'll tell you If if you don't If you don't deal With the root cause Of the food addiction you, re, you remove the food By cutting their stomach And making it super small They have no more addiction But they have it. They, they have an addiction still They just It's not food anymore they, But they have an issue still Right And so a lot of these people Become addicted to drugs Or sex Or depressed because they don't have their drug anymore um, and they haven't solved the root cause of the reason why they were eating so much in the first place because you got to keep in mind to get that big, you have to eat a oh, lot of food It's very
1: intentional yeah. it's
0: not it's not on accident. I mean you know you, we would have to eat you know five six seven thousand calories every single day for a long time to be able to do that. so it's not it's not on accident.
2: Oh a lot more than that to, to sustain 400 pounds of mass on you, whether it be all fat or not, you you would need more than 5,000 calories. Someone like that's eating eight to 10,000 calories and not moving. I mean, you literally are.
3: Yeah, coming. well, I mean, as far as the not moving, think about what that does to the pressure on your joints right. and just on your heart and everything like that. I mean, it's really sad. But, yeah, you know, and I've also seen the encounter. I've seen people who were addicted and their new addiction becomes exercise. Have you seen oh, those yeah, people? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they become exact absolute fitness Nazis and just work out like crazy which I guess is a healthy addiction, but um, they still have that. It can addictive, be unhealthy. Yeah. They still have that addictive behavior.
2: Oh, they, they say in, in my field, what I do, I do men's physique. I compete. Uh, they said over 60% of us have eating disorders. Really? Yeah, the relationship with food, they're just extreme. One extreme, mm-hmm. the other. You know what I'm saying? We we cut down for a show, super super hard. We deprive, right. and then after a show, blow up like crazy, and then cut right. Do we just have control of it? You know, but it's still mm-hmm. a disorder. You know.
0: Oh, if you saw the pictures on Instagram of, of the foods people eat after a show, it's. Crazy! <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's one of the things that it's
2: part of what in, yeah. inspired this whole thing for me is that I, I wanted to call a lot of that out when I got into the into the industry uh, a little over three years, like two and a half, three years ago and started competing. I was floored by here are all these, you know, fitness people that everybody sees on magazines and they look up to and they inspire to be. And it's like they have no idea. And then these guys are posting things of them eating, you know, all this shit food and all the stuff they're doing after a show. And it's like, what well, what, what are like you guys promoting? Honey, honey, yeah. There's people that struggle with this on a daily basis basis yeah, you're basically eating. yeah you're giving <laughs> them a green light on to go do some shit like that and you know it's so bad so yeah no they say over 60 of of our of our guys have and you uh, notice dinosaurs. like all the likes like the most
1: likes are on the shitty food like of course, yeah of course everybody, yeah. Right. everybody wants to know like oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> i get to have that yeah. if he
2: if he looks like that and he eats that shit i can do that yeah you know? honey buns yeah
1: no. <laughs> a little Debbie.
3: Yeah, oh. that's pretty crazy i just um actually for i think it's probably about six weeks now pretty much a vegetarian diet uh, my wife, who's in incredible shape for her age, she watched some show called Vegucated, which was all about cruelty to animals. And we've got a bunch of pets. And so she just decided one day, that's it. We're not eating meat anymore. And it's like, I've never, I've always sort of taunt, uh, toyed with the idea, and but never have done it. And it's actually a pretty easy thing to do. And just, you know, go to the farmer's markets, get whole foods and, Um, eat that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've read a bunch of guys like Adrian Foster, NFL player, who's done that and says that he feels a lot better. And so I decided to try it. Oh yeah. That was his big, his big thing. He just came off the best year of his, his career. And, and it was
2: when he switched over to all, all vegetarian, he, he was down weight, everything. They were all concerned. Oh, you're not
3: eating protein. You're gonna be all frail. You're not gonna build. And he just, and he had one of his career years.
0: Now you're not vegan. You're vegetarian, not vegan, eating
3: fish. Uh, some dairy stuff, eggs, Mm -hmm. cheese, that sort of stuff, just uh, haven't eaten any meat.
0: Well, here's the thing. When you go vegetarian or even vegan, uh, if you are smart about it and you're educated about what you're eating, it's fine. The problem I've seen with people, especially going vegan is they have no idea what they're doing. Right, and they're like, I'm just going to eat, you know, uh, you know, right. all non-animal products, and they don't put the right foods together. It's all together.
1: processed, you know, food that they're eating. Super, in replacement of meat. Super processed yeah. food. Like yeah, I got
0: yeah. this, you know, you know, turkey, you know, this this burger that's made out of whatever. Yeah. And you look at the ingredients list. it Still tastes like right. a burger. Yeah, and it's got like 50 million ingredients. I'm like, yeah. well, you that's s- not yeah. Really-
2: you switch over from the meat and all the things you hear that are bad about that, right over to all the GMO garbage on the other yeah. side.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, the the tofurky yeah. or whatever it is. Awesome, you. Mean, now you're eating plastic. Good
1: idea.
0: <laughs> Good yeah, deal. No. How are we doing on time, no, Doug? Thanks.
2: About
0: 47 in. 47? All right, good. Uh, well, if you guys have any more questions, we can ask them. But... I think we're definitely going to have to have him back on for yeah. sure.
1: So I love it. Adam's yeah. going to get an STD soon. So are <laughs> yeah. to have to check out.
3: make him in here. On Shot regular. in the fanny. Yeah, right. Boom. Shot in the fanny. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, so well, when, thank- I, when I was a medical student, I got to tell you this <laughs> real okay, quick. Right. I went to medical school in Newark, New Jersey, which is not the nicest community in the world. And I did this uh, rotation in GYN and gynecology at Hackensack Hospital. And the guy who I trained with, had a cream colored Cadillac. I swear to God. And he said the reason why he bought that was gonorrhea paid for it because that's the <laughs> color of gonorrhea. Yes. Well, is this license plate like Rhea? Or yeah, something?
1: <laughs> that, that's
2: awesome. That is awesome. Uh, there you go. That is uh, pimp. Right that's there. a great story, yeah. dude, right there. Uh, thanks for coming on, my man. <laughs> no yeah. problem. Right, we'll yeah, definitely have fun. you back. Yeah, right on, Doc. Cool.
1: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.